This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. It's only been about 10 days since we've been in a lockdown, and already 44% of Canadians say they or someone in their household has lost hours due to the economic downturn. And the majority say their employers are not covering any of their now disappeared wages. And nearly a million people have filed EI claims, that's employment insurance claims. 60% of small business has uh, small businesses, excuse me, have had a substantial drop in sales. One in three say they would not last a month with a drop of 50% or more. And that is the magnitude of the drops that most people are experiencing. That's from a Canadian Federation of Independent Business poll of 11,000 businesses. That's actually from last week. And I would imagine the situation has not gotten better in that time. Of course, the sector hardest hit is tourism, hospitality, and recreation, which has been virtually shuttered. Uh, if you work in that industry or worked in that industry, if you have a question, a comment, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And now I am joined by Julie Kwaczynski, Director of Provincial Affairs for Ontario at the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, and Tony Ellenis, the President and CEO of the Ontario Restaurant and Hotel and Motel Association. Thank you for joining us and welcome to you both. Thank you, Libby. Great to be here. Okay, uh, let's start with Julie. I mean, this survey happened last week and uh, small businesses are uh, already on the brink, it seems. Oh, this is devastating. Devastating isn't even the right word. There isn't a word in the English vocabulary right now. Uh, unparalleled, unprecedented proportions. That's uh, the devastation levels to our economy. And just so our viewers or your listeners know, Libby, this survey is still active, so the numbers are changing. We're continuing surveying our members to kind of get the pulse of what they're thinking and feeling. And I think you hit the nail on the head with this, with the stat that nearly one third might close within the month without any more relief. Businesses need more help. And we've been out there pushing for a provincial wage subsidy in addition to what the feds are doing. Uh, countries like Denmark, countries like Britain, countries like Ireland, that just came on board. They're offering as much as 80% of a wage subsidy because the idea, Libby, is keep the employee on the payroll. Whether or not you're open or closed, keep them on the payroll. So when we try to start the economy up after all this is done, the economic startup is that much quicker. Um, let's bring in Tony. Uh, the situation is dire in your industry. Restaurants uh, are shuttered except for takeout. Uh, occupancy in hotels, I gather, has gone down to less than 10%. I have one friend who's a hotel worker. She's been laid off, uh, as are thousands of others. Well, the hospitality industry is a gatekeeper for consumers. We thrive 
when visitation and travel takes place. And when that gate is shut, we go broke, and that's what's happening. It is catastrophic. We are in uncharted waters. Government is in uncharted waters. Industry is in uncharted waters. Society is in uncharted waters. Uh, The word that I use is catastrophic. The hospitality industry uh, specifically has been devastated. And and we're looking at, you know, close to 80, 90 percent of closures uh, across Ontario, across Canada. And, of course, uh, that number uh, reflects the number of employees that are out uh, at the unemployment line. And I do echo that there needs to be more done under the EI, and that is to increase coverage share. Yes, many countries have done a, a, a much better job, much more effective job, but it's also about extending that 13-week laid-up period for business, or the business will go uh, bankrupt uh, when, when that comes along. Um, I mean, uh, how many people are employed in your industry, Tony? We have, uh, between food service and hotels, we have around 500,000 people. And that's, uh, that's, is that in Ontario or? And that is strictly in Ontario. Okay. And how many of those, most of those people I would imagine are casual employees or are they, are they even eligible for employment insurance or are they waiting for this emergency package that, that the prime minister that you can't even apply for until April? We have a, a mixed bag of of, of, uh, of those employees. Uh, some are actually having problems uh, as the system is getting uh, congested, to, even if they're qualified. Okay, uh, so, yeah, we started to hear that that the process for for applying for employment insurance is is uh, not smooth. Uh, Julie, um, uh, you know what? What about your employers? Are they? trying to keep at least some of their staff, or do they have to just, you know, lay them off? Well, here's the situation. You can imagine, Libby, as a small business, your profit margins are small to begin with, especially in the restaurant industry, just to name one. So put yourself in the shoes of this business owner. Rent is coming due April 1st. Uh, HST payments, employer health tax, workplace safety and insurance board payments in some cases. So you still have to pay the bills while you're paying employees. So they are making difficult decisions. Um, What we're seeing is where it's possible employers are keeping their employees on staff where possible or giving them shortened hours, but there's only so much they can do when all those bills have to be paid. That's why, again, I stipulate the importance of a provincial wage subsidy. Because, again, if you can keep the employee on the payroll without punting them into the EI system, they stay on your payroll, open or closed, with the wage subsidy. It's that much quicker to get the economics or or our our economy up and running when the dust has settled on COVID-19. I can't stress that enough. Tony Ellenis, we have heard from the provincial health minister that she is thinking about using hotels uh, for sick people to increase capacity. What do you think of that? Uh, It's a a great idea, and I've been on the call with the Minister of Tourism three times this week just on that, uh, and working with colleagues, uh, across Ontario, uh, 
Uh, we're having a list of hotel addresses and locations that we'll be sending to, to the government to help out in this. And we have many types of, of guests, hotel guests, new guests that will be uh, uh, accommodated. Uh, we've got health workers that are overworked. We have uh, individual patients that are non-virus related that are waiting for surgery or other illnesses. And, and we have our uh, Canadians coming back from the borders that need to be isolated. So there's a whole broad uh, collection of different uh, types of segments that our hotels will take uh, and house them. And, and speaking of uh, travelers, I, I just seen coming across the transom uh, a, a bulletin that says that there will now be mandatory isolation orders for international travelers that kick in at midnight. It was uh, pretty well voluntary. People were asked to do it until now, and it is going to be mandatory. And I would imagine that means that there are some penalties attached to those who don't. Uh, any reaction to that, Julie Kwasinski? Well, well, I think obviously we would want people to do the right thing. But I question, honestly, how are they going to enforce this? Are they going to follow people from the airport to their home? Well, well, um, I've heard all kinds of stories, but I, I don't have factual information, so I'm not going to go there. I mean, that's the question. How are they going to go? How are they going to enforce this? Absolutely. I mean, we have to put our trust in people that they'll do the right thing. But if you're going to put that out there, there has to be a way that you can enforce it or people are just going to ignore it. Well, well hopefully, perhaps, people- that, perhaps that's the reason we have put the uh, hotel program on steroids and rushing to uh, make sure accommodations are there. And I do support that. Uh, I think in order for us, for our health, for our business health in the future and sustainment, we need to do that. So, uh, Tony, so, sorry, um, is is there a plan in place? Is this is? Do you have any inkling of when this might start? Well, it, we are preparing now. Uh, some cities uh, will commence before others, but the plan is ready. Uh, I would say in a day or two. In a day or two, and here in Toronto. In, in, right across Ontario, uh, I, I don't know the details. They haven't. These details have not been shared with me. All, all I can say to you, the hotel industry is very supportive to support government uh, in this initiative. And would you have people who normally work in hotels staffing it, or would that be healthcare workers? Uh, it depends on the situation. Uh, if it, if it is isolation. Uh, the guests will be in the room, and, and, and no service will pre- be provided other than uh, room service and food at the door at a safe distance, of course, uh, and, and, and everyone else. I think it's safe for our uh, employees to, uh, to service them. Uh, if a hotel goes under quarantine, that's a totally different type of a model, health model, where, where the federal government is involved, and they will take care of the, the servicing uh, uh, of the patients. And you say this is going to begin in a couple of days? We are ready in a couple of days to provide the information. Uh, what the government does after that and the details around that, I'm not previewed to that at this point. Uh, Julie, is, is there anything equivalent 
that small business could step in to do in your view? Absolutely. And I'm glad you asked, Libby. Both the federal government and the Ontario government have a website that you can go on to with any creative ideas about how to morph your business into something that can be used during this crisis time. The best example I can think of, we have several members doing this, Libby. They've been engaged, instead of making spirits, making alcohol, they've switched over into making hand sanitizers. And I want to put a good shout out there for for these businesses, because a lot of them have been doing it for free before these websites came up. So even Tony's hotel idea, that kind of applies. If anybody out there has some kind of creative idea to switch their business over to make something that people need, both levels of government have a way to get your idea out there and make it happen. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And it's not just small business that's that's done that. I saw Labatt doing that on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, going forward... Part of the reason, I guess, that we're in this is is that a lot of, say, the medical supplies are made in China, and China needs that stuff on their own. Do you th- expect to see a, a shift, more manufacturing coming back domestically after this, Julie? Um, that remains to be seen. I think there are a lot of questions that are kind of out there that we have to assess once the once the dust settles. And I think now, Libby, from what I sense from the people calling into our business helpline, is they're living day to day. It's that dire. And, of course, they're worried about how are they going to pay their rent? How are they going to pay their HST, their EHT, file their WSIB payments, pay their employees, all these things. It's a day-to-day thing. And fortunately, um, we've been working closely with government, and the number one thing that businesses want now, Libby, is clarity. On top of financial assistance to keep their businesses going, whether or not they're open, is clarity. You're probably aware that the government of Ontario put out a list of 74 bullets that itemized essential businesses. Mm-hmm. So what that precipitated was lots of phone calls and kudos to the government. The Ontario government today opened up the Stop the Spread business information line, one 888 that businesses can call if they don't understand whether or not they should be open or closed. Because there's a lot of gray areas, Libby. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, it's one I've been using a lot in interviews. If you make boats right now, technically, or not make boats, if you sell boats, technically you're not supposed to be open. But if you repair them, it's okay to stay open. And if you're a car dealership, it's okay to stay open. So what if you sell boats, sell cars, and repair boats all in the same business? Do you have to shut the whole business down or just keep open what's on the list? And how do you do that if it's all under the same roof? So these are the types of questions we're getting. Clarity is really key. And uh, back to the economic number, too. I don't know if you saw in our survey Libby, that when we asked our members to tell us how much this outbreak has cost them to date, the average is $136. 
$1,000 for business, and that's doubled since last week. Wow. So the point that really makes is that every day it gets worse. The time is now to inject money directly into businesses. So I know uh, there's a lot of talk out there of, and we have a certain list of things that we would like the government to do. Things like deferring payments on HST, on employer health tax, on work Julie, uh, let me insurance board. Let, just a minute. Let me just uh, interject. Now, sure. first of all, that $82 billion package, most of it is deferred taxes. It's only $27 billion of investment in there. Uh, I thought that some of those things actually were deferred, uh, the taxes, HST, well, whatever. Well, not to mine. I know. Uh, you may have different information, I, but um, now, mind you, I am responsible for the provincial file in Ontario, but we stay close with our federal team. Mm-hmm. That's not my information. There's nothing on the HST in terms of deferrals, mm-hmm. and that would be one of the most costly costly items. It's, uh, it's, it's, only tax. The, it's, it's only the income tax that's been uh, deferred. Okay, thank not, you not for clarifying that. What but, about but corporate also, tax, corporate income tax, not business, the tax on businesses? Just business ta- uh, business income tax, period. Uh, yep. But I think it's important to state here that what we're talking about is a relief plan to keep the lights on. The door's closed, but the light's on. Uh, yeah. and, 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 and it needs to be leniency by all three levels of government, and not only by the levels of government, but also some of the constituents in the supply chain, like landlords. We're having a huge issue, and I hear a huge concerns in, in many cities across Ontario of the rent still to be paid. There, there is no flexibility whatsoever there, and, and, and that's one of our largest asks for the provincial mean, government. So, so the commercial landlords, and, you know, I'm... I have sympathy with landlords too. There are suddenly all these uh, people. This is residential calling for rent strikes, and well, I know small about, landlords who are worried that even people who still have jobs are not going to pay the rent. We're referring to here the municipality uh, has a deferred property tax in many municipalities. Yes, the city of Toronto has, Mississauga has, right? Right. When the and London, the city of London too. Mayor Holder right. has a good package there. Yeah. So when, when the property tax is deferred, the landlord, in a way, needs to defer the rent. I, th- I think it's a cycle we're referring to. But this is a relief plan. I think the biggest issue of them all, it, for those that survive, is the economic recovery plan, the transitioning plan to create the vibrancy. Because all these deferred payments, there will be a day that debt will build, and they all need to be paid. Exactly. That's a really good point, Tony. You eventually, you know, that you're kicking the can down the road. And again, I'm going to say that's why we're pushing for this wage subsidy to be increased federally so that it's more in line with countries like Britain. Because if you can keep the employee on the payroll, that's part of the recovery plan. If you have to dump them into the EI system, lay them off, it takes that much longer to get the wheels of the economy going. So we're trying to be forward-thinking with that provincial wage subsidy. It's part of a plan to get the economy moving faster. 
Okay, let's uh, let's take a call from Warren in Oshawa. Hi, Warren. Hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. If Trudeau is a joke, if he had started um, banning flights from China at least a minimum of four weeks ago and start self-isolating or checking people at the airport, we wouldn't have been in all this mess. At his press conference this morning, he was talking to the president of uh, Rwanda and Ethiopia. Why? You know, and then there's another uh, on the news that the federal government's going to spend $30 million to advertise this. Why do you need to advertise it? It's all over the news. Like, unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, I gather that you are not happy with the Prime Minister's performance well, on this. A lot of people aren't. Well, yeah, like you've already let the fox into the hen house. Now you're going to start screening people at the airport? Well, like, you know what? It, it is all over the world, and the world is very connected. That's, uh, I, I will, will say that, but I hear you. You don't like the, how the Prime Minister is doing no, on he, this. he's a joke. Total joke. Okay, uh, Warren, thanks, thanks for your call. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, all of that is going to get worse as, as people have more pain out of this. Uh, they may or may not be happy with the way our political leaders are handling this. Uh, let's, uh, we have to start thinking about wrapping this interview, but, uh, Julie, are you happy with the way our politicians are, are handling this so far? Well, let's give them a little bit of slack on the fact that this is an unprecedented, unparalleled situation. There's nothing. SARS doesn't match this. Nothing has ever been out. Maybe the Spanish flu is about the closest thing, but times were different then and there were no social, there was no social media. But I think they could be moving quicker to put money directly into businesses. They've been working to put directly money directly into people's pockets. So we need to start thinking about direct payments to businesses. And again, the provincial wage subsidy. I was told, Libby, that you can say something seven times before it finally kicks in. I think so you've I said think it I at least seven times, times, Julie, on so this. For a seventh time, I would urge the federal government and the Ontario government to put more money directly into okay. businesses. We, okay, we, we hear you, Julie, and we want to give Tony a, a chance to wrap things up. 20 seconds, Tony. Again, this is new to them. They're learning. Uh, but they're communicating, they're collaborating. The will is there. I think we just need the, the action. We need to hear uh, the province today are announcing uh, relief plans, and we, we're anxious to hear it. At the federal level, they need to step up to the plate. This, this country has been economically very prosperous compared to other ones. This, is, this was the model in the world. Yet other countries are stepping up more to the plate for employees and for business, and we need to do it at the federal government now. Okay. Uh, I will be checking back uh, throughout the course of this right now. Thank you so much, Julie Kwasinski and Tony Ellenis. Thank you. Stay well. Okay, Thank everybody you. stay well. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, that's all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.